All right, good day, and welcome to another episode of Rotafest Detail Memoirs, where every week we are bringing amazing guests, stories, and experiences to help you grow your business. I'm Jody. And I'm Rod, and today it's the spicy Rotafest show, so be careful because I know <laughs> Billy's spicy, and today Jody and I are pretty damn spicy. So, um, as always, Detail Memoirs is sponsored by Rotafest, number one software in the world or the universe for that matter. <laughs> uh, and if any Martians have anything to say about that, come talk to me. So today we do have Billy Bogus from American Detailer Garage. And man, we're really excited to have you on here, Billy. We've wanted to do this for several years just because of watching your progression. And you know, yesterday I saw some pictures on social media of what was it, four years ago, the first year you had product delivered. So four years, the little old pallet. <laughs> yeah, a little old pallet, man. So what's that uh, four year journey been like? You know, when we started this, I used an analogy like, you know, uh, it's so much different than detailing cars or even running a detailing business. But the analogy that I would use is I'm going downhill on a bicycle with no brakes and it's, it's rocky terrain. You're just trying to hold on and not wreck the bike. Just hold on. <laughs> That's how it was. It's like software. It's just like software. <laughs> Somebody's legs are flapping in the background and one dude's like, I'm falling off. And you're like, well, you're going to get some skid marks. That's all there is to it. Yeah. Man, I had no I had no idea the things I didn't know. And then I'm glad that I didn't know them because honestly, I don't know that I would have done it had I, you know, been able to foresee the uh, the challenges ahead. But I've learned a lot from it. But yeah, it was it was interesting. And, and I still learn every day. It's, it's something interesting. Yeah, yeah. that, that kind of reminds me of when I was a kid. I, I convinced my my brothers and, and all the neighborhood neighborhood kids that I could do a backflip on the bike. And, man, I got back, and, man, I'm, like, pedaling as fast as I could, and I completely pulled that bike over, and I nosed it. <laughs> <laughs> and, I mean, I racked myself, bent my bike up, and sometimes I think business is like that. We have really good ideas, and we got a lot of energy, a lot of passion, and we get going, and, uh, man, it's not all we expected it to be. Yep. And, and No, it's not. I think it's, I think business actually is, okay, you're going to nosedive the bike. You're going to rack yourself. You're going to be laying there in a bundle. It's what do you do after that that defines you as a business? Um, it's not easy because if it was, everybody would do it. So talk about what you've done, right? You started out and then four years ago you made a big change, but how did your, how did this whole thing start? Well, I mean, it really kind of uh, started when I was in the military. It kind of had an, an eye for attention to detail. So me and a buddy of mine, We'd press out camis, you know, for inspection. We were really good at putting the creases in the camis and the cover um, for inspection. You know, had all that stuff. Like, you could almost stand these uniforms up by themselves. They had so much starch in them. And then it went from that to washing cars. Well, I got my first truck was a 95 Dodge Dakota. I bought that. Um, obviously financed it as a, as a PFC in the Marine Corps. And I started washing, really babying this thing, taking care of it. And the more I got into doing my truck, other people wanted me to do their cars. And so it really started that way. And then I get out of the Marine Corps, I come home, and uh, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I still had no clue what I wanted to do, so I went to work for a dealership. And that's really where everything started. I was washing cars. I thought I was detailing. I was washing cars for a dealership, and it really just progressed from there. But to me, detailing, you know, came from a pretty rough background, as have many of the detailers out there in the world. But uh, for me, detailing was something that was an escape, and it was something that kind of kept me out of trouble, and it gave me, it gave me a sense of passion. You know, and in a way, anybody that served in the military knows when you come back home to civilian life, you're trying to get that dopamine hit. You're trying to get that, that rush of excitement that you had in the military. 
And for me, detailing these cars and seeing these cars interacting with people is what did that. So it really just went that way. That a lot of my career, I did a lot of your, as you call, uh, production style detailing. You know, get them in, get them out. A lot of cars. I've done some higher end stuff as well. But you know, it was the whole idea with ADG was about efficiency, and that's how I discovered that is through having to get all these cars done at a certain deadline. Yep. So then, how did you make the transition or the decision? <coughs> excuse me. To go from doing that into the whole ADG and your product line. Well, I actually had a couple of people, hey, man, you should launch your own product line, probably a year before we actually did it. And I'm like, well, man, there's so many great products out there on the market, dude. It's just, it's already a crowded market. And for me, it was, um, I just saw, I guess you could say gaps. When I'm, I'm detailing cars, I'm doing my thing, man, I wish this product would do this. Or I've always been an outside-the-box kind of thinker anyway. You know, we, we started detailing cars before there was a Google or a Facebook. So we were had, had to learn how to problem solve on our own. You could just go to a Facebook group and ask questions. So I'm like, man, you know, it'd be cool if we had a product that would do this or a, a product that would work great with this and do this and get this result. And the more I started thinking about it, the more we went into it. So and a good friend of mine, Barry Field, is the one that eventually convinced me to go ahead and start our own product line. But it was it was mostly based around uh, a systematic process more so than any one chemical. Right? Some guys yeah. companies will make a product, but we actually wanted a systematic approach to the whole thing, integrated. Yeah. Well, and it, and it stands to reason because I think a lot of people that have been in it a long time, like Barry, you mentioned Barry and, you know, uh, some of the other guys, if they've been in it more than six to 10 years, that kind of the efficiencies of it are, I think, are natural. Yeah. Right? If you, 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 you want to get to the point where you have uh, some of those natural things that make total sense after you hear them, you know, like the bucket method or having, you know, your towels in different sections so you know which one you're using and things like that. But I think um, a lot of people start out, it, you know, your your shirt there, the trenches, um, and they're just running and gunning. They're trying to do it as fast as they can. But I think there's a certain point where you get over that hump and you're like, you know, I'm doing this. It's working, but I got to do it better, right? Jody and I are always talking about that with our business as well. We got to be more efficient. We got to do it better um, for either the sake of your fingers and your shoulders or just because you want to make more your money sanity. or whatever. Your sanity, right? <laughs> So, so one of the questions we ask anybody that, you know, has a little salt in their beard and been around a while, uh, young guys and gals coming into this, what is the best advice you can give somebody that's just starting out maybe a year into it or less? Find somebody that you look up to and respect and go, go train, go train. You can learn more in a couple of days of training than you'll learn in a couple of years out there on your own. We didn't, you know, back years ago, we didn't have that ability because there wasn't an IDA. There wasn't a to find somebody reputable or a company reputable that's going to teach you how to make money. Because the, the art where so many guys get this wrong, the art is not making that paint shiny. The art really is an efficiency. You never know where your detailing career is going to take you. You might become a product manufacturer one day, but that efficiency goes right along with you in everything that you do. Hmm. Yep. And that is, that is so true because I've been to some of the manufacturing facilities um, <clears throat> from the suppliers, you know, from uh, looking at stuff Chris West does to uh, the even the Rupes um, training center, and you go in there, and it's all about efficiency. You know, it's this exact same whether you're building the polisher or whether you're building the business. Um, the efficiencies come into play. Where is the where is that bucket of screws, and you need the night the number three screw that goes in this hole, and you got to have it next to the person that's doing that. Um, you know, assembly line stuff. This is you know forward assembly line stuff and and not to the point where it's debilitating to your business but 
you know, when you talk to somebody like a Keith Duplessis, who's been doing this his whole life, seems like he, he helps shops set up that efficiency and getting a rolling cart so that you're not walking back and forth to the van all the time. So, so well, that is, and if it, efficiency never goes out of style, never, never outdated. I'm sorry. I cut you off. Oh no, no. Yeah. I was, it was the other way around. I was cutting you off. I, I, I was asking, do you do trainings for people? Can people come learn from you? They're going too soon. I've done trainings with different coding companies. They've been invited in as a, as a guest. We do Freedom Fest, which is our own event every year in Pittsburgh, or usually every year pre-COVID. And we do some of that stuff there. But we are right now putting together curriculum to do an official ADG training. So that's something that's going to be coming up soon. Ooh. I'm probably going to have to borrow somebody else's facility to do it, to start out until we get a bigger shop. We've, we've outgrown our shop. We just don't have room. Um, but that's something that, that's near and dear to me to your point a minute ago is, is bringing these guys in before they get corrupted. I use the term corrupted. They go out there in Facebook groups and get corrupted thinking they need to buy all this garbage. They don't need, you know, learn how to run the business. Cause I'm telling you, man, business is a full contact sport. You can either play business or you can conduct business. And yep. again, I see guys get corrupted all the time. It drives me nuts. I, right. I love that. You can either play business or what'd you say? That was really good. You can either well, I stole play it from Rennie. <laughs> yeah. You, well, you, you can either play business or you can do business. And there are two different things, you know, man, I, I drive that home even in the early days of ADG. Like I took it serious, but I don't think I took it as serious as I needed to, to be honest with you. And, and I think I underestimated, you know, it's against a full contact sport. If you go in there, you know, half hearted, you're going to get your head knocked off. So you yeah. have to have a purpose, you know, of, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm not interested in collecting every polisher from every manufacturer. I'm going to find what works. I'm going to implement that system. I'm going to get the job done. I talk about the four quadrants of your life. It's your faith, family, fitness, and your finances, right? So it's not just business. you got to get out of the shop so you can work on the other three parts of your life, too, to make it a whole complete. Otherwise, you, you can do anything. They say, you know, do what you love. Well, you can do what you love and hate your life, too. So, yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's, I mean, that's for years and years. <clears throat> and I, I've been <clears throat> in and around cars my whole life. My dad was into it. Um, grew up, you know, my dad had a 69 Firebird and he'd take me out on the freeway when my mom wasn't around and go like hell in it and get up to 140 miles an hour and stuff. And <clears throat> so I started out in cars and Jody's always said, you've had a passion for cars your whole life. I've restored cars, I've painted cars, you know, engine work, everything. <clears throat> Why don't you open up a shop? And I'm like, because I know the difference between what I love to do for me personally and what fills my tank and what I want to do for a job. <clears throat> and I don't want to mix those two together. I don't like mixing those two together. And it just so happens that it's automotive, which now we're in software in the automotive, but that's okay. I can still be in the automotive and not mix that with my passion for playing with cars. A hundred percent. I still like to do our cars and I like to take my time. We got into this for the therapeutic effect of it. But what I've learned, guys, and I'm a living testimony, like I struggle with technology and computers. I'm, I'm taking classes and stuff on that. But uh, you'll earn more of a living with your brain than you will with your back. Right. And and we get hung up on, man, I just love this. And I got a passion for this. And Adam Cote, I give him credit for saying this a while back. Like, you know, put a date on your polisher the day you're going to set it down. Pick it up for fun because you want to, not because you have to. But there's so much. And I wish I had adopted that early, early, at an earlier age in my career. Because it's so true. Yeah, yeah, no, that's really important. One one of the things that I think is really cool about your business in particular is you are very bold in your marketing, in your naming of your products. And and I love that, right? Because it is 
it shows that you can bring your personality, your passion and your style into your into the industry. Right. And there's a place for that. And so I want to talk about that because, I mean, every one of your products are, have bold names. It's like F-bomb. It's like, <laughs> let's go get this done. Right. So, so let's talk about bringing your personality and your style into your business, because I think a lot of times people like they downplay their own personality, their own strength, their own style when that's exactly what is needed, not only for their business, but also for the industry, because you're going to resonate with someone. Well, I think people buy from people. They don't necessarily buy a product. They buy a personality. And, and if, if they believe that you believe what you're telling them, then they're going to trust you. Okay. We're in a, in a crowded market. Everybody's got a product and it seems like it's even more every single day. Now that there's just more and more yeah. products. Yes. So, our philosophy, because I'm not that bright to begin with, my whole thought was if we can put a system out there, you know, uh, of efficiency, a product that backs it up and actually does what the label says it's going to do back with, you know, I have a passion for this industry. I have a passion for people. If it wasn't for the detail industry, I don't know what I'd have been doing in life, you know, or if I'd even be on this side of, of, of the bars. Um, but I take it serious, I think. But I want to be appealing to people, and it's something that nobody else does. And the coolest thing about it is I don't have to act it. That's just who I am, right? I don't have right. to put on a mask or be somebody I'm not. But people do relate to that. There have been people that got turned off by it. And that's fine, guys. Um, I, I don't give up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't no, care. No, I, I'm totally with you. That's what, Jody and I are Jody and I. I don't care. I mean, like, we were at SDC and I was, uh, you know, surfing behind one of them golf carts. And people were like, dude, somebody's going to see you. And I said, I really don't care. That's who I am. It's. <laughs> Yeah, I think that you it's so much easier to be who you are than it is to fake it. And there's so many people out there that are faking it and trying to be something they're not. But at the same time, if you're an ass, you got to tone it down. <laughs> and I see people not doing that either. I mean, talk about that because there's so much garbage and stuff that happens on the Internet and bashing back and forth and trashing this or trashing that. I mean, what, how, what advice do you give people to stay out of that? Um, well, I just bring them to ADG, come to our Facebook group. We don't tolerate that shit, but you know, <laughs> I, I get it. <laughs> hey, listen, and I get it. Cause I used to be a bomb thrower at, at one time too. I used to, and, and sometimes I still throw bombs, but the fact is here, if you want to run a successful business, you don't have time to be, you know, messing around with somebody arguing back and forth or bickering. And I just got recently, I got a three day ban on Facebook. Um, I was invited to another group to help clean that group up. And I said, hey, there's 30,000 members in here. 10,000 of you need to go today. You know, and we started cracking down like you know, 30,000 members in a group. And, and so while I didn't really do anything wrong, I guess my, my language um, and the way I come across, but they reported my comments and I got kicked off Facebook for three days. And I'm like, well, <laughs> but I learned something from it. I learned that you can be deplatformed for trying to do the right thing. You can just be deplatformed. Yeah. I think, um, I, I think, uh, so the, the internet's like the wild west. People can literally say and do anything that they want to on there and nobody can fact check them whether they're right or wrong. I have a, more of an aggressive attitude toward that because I, in business I've learned that you know time is something you don't get back. Time matters. We need to get to the truth, do it now and, and, and be about it right now. And so I try to be guarded with our detailers, our community, and I try to cut that bullshit out when I see it. But you know, egos is something that's always gonna drive 
people in any industry, I think. I think it just blossoms in ours a lot. Um, and that just tells me anybody that's got an ego like that really hasn't been kicked in the balls in business yet. <laughs> yeah, and, and I, I think it, it. I, I, I agree with that 100%. I see people out there doing this stuff. And, you know, one, one of the challenges you have as a business person is that uh, it's not just the detailing community that sees that. Eventually, your customers are going to see that. And if you're trying to run a successful detailing business, like we tell our people all the time, I'll tell our employees, the junior guys that come in and say, hey, listen, you know, weekend's coming up. If you're going to go out and do some stupid shit, get drunk, fall down, do whatever, put on our competitor's T-shirt, not ours. Don't <laughs> yeah. <that> name out. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't throw us <laughs> under the bus because you're out doing something stupid. I don't go do whatever you're going to do, but just don't drag us into it. So. I think that's important to understand that, you know, this is an ego driven industry, but at the same time, it, it is because of the way the industry is. It is a cutthroat industry, right? I mean, especially if you're talking, you mentioned dealerships earlier, dealerships will cut you halfway through the day and bring somebody else in just because they don't like the color of your shirt. And so I think that detailers in general have a tendency that they're going to project that. And so you've got to, um, I heard this, this, uh, saying early on in our business, it said, Hire slow and fire fast. I heard that the other day. If something's not not working, get rid of it and and slowly bring something else in as you know it's going to work. Yeah, I mean, I heard the exact same thing the other day. I don't know if it was a podcast or book that I was reading, but it said the exact same thing. You know, hire slow and and fire fast. And then, you know, also you want to be, was it quick to make decisions but slow to overturn them? So you want to think this. There's so many different aspects to running a business if you're running a business not playing business um but that's just, yeah that, that's part of it and the same thing I, I don't have employees but if i had employees you know we want to foster a culture much like you see right now you know like a family atmosphere but at the same time we'll get rid of you in a heartbeat because you, know, you want to the goal in this is to build people it's not so much mm-hmm. to sell product that's just a byproduct of, of what we really want to do we want to build people yeah. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. So, so that's an interesting thing. Cause I didn't know that you didn't have employees. So it's just you and your wife as a, as a yeah. tag team thing. Oh yeah. I just quit my day job like two months ago. I finally quit my day job and came home. And, um, uh, and now I'm like, how in the world did I ever have time to work a job? <laughs> Cause yeah. you know, we're, awesome. we're so, that we're so busy and we're blessed. We're peak season, but we're also very blessed to be that busy. That goes back to what I was saying about so many different components that go into running the business. But yeah, it's just Beth and I, um, we've got some plans in the works. We're looking to, to probably going to relocate to Alabama, right? Down that way. Uh, my brother and my mother's down there and, and family matters a lot. When you get a little bit older, you start realizing that. Move the business down there and we want to expand more. But I, I think probably maybe in the next 12 to 18 months, we might be ready to hire our first employee. That's awesome. That's great. So that, that's exciting. So that is that is taking it from uh, how much of your business is product and how much of it is still detailing. Oh, I don't detail at all anymore. It's hundred percent. It's hundred percent product. The thing is, I, I see a lot of people talking on the internet again. You know, because everything on the internet's true. And right. they'll say stuff about you know, well, everybody wants to have a product. Everybody's trying to get out of detailing. Well, of course they are. Everybody that swings a hammer eventually wants to be owning a company where they don't have to swing a hammer. You can't do this stuff forever. I mean, you know, it's hard work. And, and I don't think people realize that, that um, haven't ever done it. And I know there's a lot of people in the detailing industry that are fabulous. They have great products. They have great services. There's great vendors. There's ones that are like us that have never picked up a polisher and have never seen the actual work that it takes. 
Yeah. Um, and we've Every been day, we've yeah. been lucky enough to do that. We've been you know uh, really fortunate enough to be on some really important projects. You know, we've been on Air Force One several times, and and you know to have the opportunity to polish on an aluminum airplane for six days in a row. You, <laughs> You are a tired puppy, and you you have oh, no a different doubt. respect. You have a different respect for the people that do it every single day, um, and I, I love all aspects of it. I love people that do dealership work. I like because they figure out a way to efficiently do that. There's a guy here in town, actually, it's in Mountain Home, Idaho. <clears throat> anyway, he will not pay more than seventy five dollars for any recon on any car, and people go, "Well, I'd never go to that dealership." And I know a, a guy here in town that goes out to that dealership and he has made a heck of a living doing that. But it's because everything he does is $75. Oh, right. you want me to do a wash? It's 75 bucks. You want some correction? 75 bucks. PDR? 75 bucks. You want me to do the windshield? 75 bucks. And so he has figured out an efficient way to work in that market. And I think those kind of challenges are the things that either make or break a business owner. Um, we saw it last year and I was really disappointed. I mean, I don't, I don't, I'm not blaming anybody for the situation they're in. But we saw some people last year when COVID started, within two weeks, they shut their business down. Yeah. If you can't make it two weeks, you need to go talk to an accountant. You need to talk to the financial person and get yourself set up. Because get a you, coach. In a coach, get a business. Talk to somebody. Talk to Billy. Talk to us. Go talk to somebody who's had a business for more than a couple of years about the things you need to have in place. Because as you said, having a business is easy. Running a business is hard. That goes back to the whole people building thing is, is that's why, and that's also why I get frustrated with people. And I just did a couple of videos yesterday about every, everybody's a trainer now. Everybody's a trainer now. I mean, um, but you got to have a heart for building people and, and a heart for wanting to move the industry forward because of the COVID situations. How do we get guys, you know, to be able to survive these storms that are coming? And we might be coming up on another one. Let yeah. me back up just a second. I don't think I've ever told you guys or anybody this on a podcast before. But um, so I was doing dealership stuff. And when I started ADG, they didn't like that idea. And they pretty much cut me out. They were taking cars away from me, which pretty much forced me out. And then, um, you know, there's another private car lot that I'd done cars for for 10 years. He uh, and he passed away, you know, so it was like. So after that, I was just like, well, after 25 years, I think I had enough of it. I still enjoy doing it because I want to. But I really I have more passion. And this is going back to molding guys about, listen, it's not about polishing on that car because you may not want to do that 15 20 years from now there might be something else today i have more of a passion in building people and, and helping guys out than i do polishing a car that brings me way much you know way more fulfillment than than running a buffer yeah and that's yeah. that's i get back to, to keith the plessy um you know keith loves going in and setting up a shop help people do uh get efficiencies together you know he, he does a ton of stuff with with pns he's their main guy for their the for their storefronts and um, but his passion is really setting people's shops up and helping them be successful. He's a great detailer, but but his passion took him in a different direction for that. And, you know, I, guys like that are fabulous. It's like, you know, Levi Gates at the rag company. Yeah. He's a phenomenal detailer, but his passion is taking him into a different realm that it really suits him. You know, I think when you look at your business, if you get outside of detailing, you know, and like the ADG like we do and you start putting a vision together what you think your company what you want your company to be you realize how much work there is to do right you know like there's other ideas that i want to have the training program being one of them and it's just like man i need to focus on those things not so much on detailing cars that's not going to get me there yeah yeah so this year coming up and we're all crossing our fingers toes and everything else that wiggles 
so that we can go to some of these events. But are you going to be MTE SEMA show? Yeah, so SEMA uh, is a little bit of an anomaly. I'm not sure yet. And, uh, man, I, I say this with caution. Maybe I should whisper it. I'm not 100% convinced that they're not going to bring mandates back yet. Right. So yeah. as far as me, um, I'm not wearing a mask. I, I just I, it's my right. I don't want to wear a mask. I'm not going to wear a mask. But if they have the SEMA show and they have mask mandates, I won't be going to SEMA. If they don't have the mask mandates, I'd love to see everybody at SEMA looking forward to it in the same way with Mobile Tech Expo. But I, I think, man, I think in the modern era, like you can do online what you would do at a SEMA show of course you don't get to hang out with with everybody and meet people and all that but I mean as far as getting a message across or, or advertising and, that, and that's just me man I'm not trying to push that on anybody else but sure I'm not a mask wearer <clears throat> no, 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 no totally that. totally respect that I, I guess that's that's the thing is I feel like you know as we come into um, these events and and you know we saw you at SDC that was a fantastic event because people were back out and, you know, you could go places. And, and, you know, Jody and I, we hit this street taco place. And about the third night in a row we went there, I'm like, you know, we've been here three nights. And I'm like, yeah, but I haven't been to a street taco place in a year. So well, and they're really good. Let's go number four. We're going, you know. Yeah. So we'll be, of course, we're going to be at MTE. Um, we have a different uh, route we're going to. We have, of course, our software booth. But we're doing detailed memoirs. We're going to be running, you know, the entire time the show's there live. So we have a second booth. Same thing at the SEMA show. We're going to be running our our, our podcast um, booth uh, the entire time at SEMA. Yeah, More so, just booth. Yeah, so. just we're going to be there to, with IGL. We're we're you know they've invited us to be part of that family, and we're going to go do that. And it's more so just to promote other people. I mean, we get we get a really big passion out of talking to guys like you that have been around a while. I really love talking to the new guys that are coming in as well, and just kind of getting getting those people's names out there and helping them, you know get their business going it's it's fun to watch somebody grow that is just starting out you know Rennie said that a while back and it's another thing i stole from him is you know you find the most fulfillment you know you you've climbed your mountain so to speak at least in the eyes of other people i think we have right we're still looking at that mountain. Yeah. <laughs> but it's really cool to look over and see somebody else building theirs too that, that's where you get you know a lot of fulfillment is watching other people succeed and let's be honest if they're succeeding then we're going to succeed Exactly. Yeah, I, I think that is a real important thing because a lot of times we're looking at our mountain, right? And our mountain has taken us to a new plateau and there's another mountain on the horizon, right? And the guy coming up behind us is going, wow, they've already made it. And we're like, wait a sec, there's another one you guys. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> yeah, probably the best graphic I've ever seen is everybody thinks a business does one of these and it's a curve and business is more like here's a plateau, you go to the next plateau, you go to the next plateau and it's you you have to you really have to think about it that way is there's always somebody below you but there's always somebody above you and and you got to kind of balance that out, you know. The second that you start getting cocky and start raising your hands up and going Look at how great I am. I've made it. It's about the time somebody kicks you off that plateau. So well, well, and, I, and I love your your passion for helping people along right because you know as i was listening to you i was thinking about the first time i did an ultra marathon i'm i'm on the continental divide above salmon idaho literally on the edge of montana and idaho and and i'm 16 17 miles into this and i literally was just done i was mentally physically done and i still had another 17 miles to go and, and I sat down and I'm like, look, you're not in a race. 
you're in an, an event, right? You're on a journey. So sit down. How many other people have ever seen this plateau, seen this view of Idaho, Montana? Nobody, very few people, right? And we get so caught up on, you know, success that sometimes we're missing the elements of the journey. And it was interesting because as I sat down, I pulled my socks off, I changed them out, I got some food in me. And right about as when I was starting to get into a good headspace, Jake Reed came running by and he's like, Jody, I didn't know you were running this race. And he was running the 100K <laughs> and he's passing me up, right? But he took a moment and he's like, man, great job. It's so good to see you. I'm glad you took the challenge on. And that little bit of encouragement from somebody that I respected that was more seasoned, it gave me a huge boost of energy to get up and move on. And I had a better second half of that race than the first half. And it was yep. a phenomenal experience. And so, you know, we as business owners that are farther along the journey, if we can take the opportunity to give encouragement, advice, to share experiences, man, it can be a real leg up both professionally and emotionally to, to move forward and people forward in their business. You know, some of our competitors have been our biggest cheerleaders. You know, Bob Phillips numerous times has pulled me off to the side, said, hey, if I can help, let me know. You know, I'm proud of you. I think that's what winners do. But more importantly yeah. than that, they teach us how to act that way. You know, once we get some of our wins, we're watching other people come up. You know, it doesn't matter who they are. I mentioned Barry Thiel a second ago. We're very, very good friends. You know, we're competing um, product companies. We share yeah. customer base together. We just do our thing. They do our thing. And we support their people. They support our people. And, and the whole thing just works. Yeah, yeah and I think awesome. that is the best attitude. I mean, I, I know that at SDC, I, I had never actually met Dustin uh, and Dustin reached out to me and it was one of the, the coolest things I'd ever seen uh, from him, for him to reach out to me and talk to me. And then literally the second day of SDC, a mutual customer came up and said, we need to connect your two systems together. And, and it was, it was incredible. So I, I think that that is the key is there's enough, there are enough cars produced boats, motorcycles, RVs every single year, just in a yearly basis to keep all of us busy let alone every car that's been ever since produced since 1901. So <laughs> right. it, the thing is, is everybody thinks that it's, you got to go after the whole market and you do not. I, I used to work for a very large semiconductor uh, company that produces the chips that nobody can get in their cars right now. Um, and their goal was to be 3% of the market. Three. They were a multi-billion dollar company. 3%. And I think people need to realize that, that you can be a small percentage and make a great margin in your area. Um, everybody's not going to make eight figures a year. Everybody's not going to make seven figures. What is your success, right? And that looks different for everybody. Like you said, it's about family. It's about building people up. It's about your own personal nest egg. And, and, and it doesn't have to look the same for everybody. Everybody doesn't have to make $5 million. So, Oh, 100%. You know, and, and, you know, all our life, like, we, we didn't come from any money, you know, and we got nothing to inherit. My family doesn't, you know, we don't, we don't come from a whole lot. So uh, the way I look at it is if we do our job, we'll do well. Whatever the definition of well is, that's fine. If I get to get up every day and live life for a living and do my job and have a, create a balance in my life, the rest will take care of it. That's, that's pretty good. 
that's pretty good. There's a lot of people that don't have that. Yep, I agree. So one thing I want to talk about is the other side of you, which is your wife and your personal life, because you allow a lot of us into that. And I respect that because, you know, it's obviously you and your wife are real close. You can see that online. I see that when we're in shows with you guys. Um, you know, everybody's got to love Freedom Fred. If you don't love Freedom Fred, then you need to get out right now. <laughs> and then you are, as I called it earlier before the show, you are the snake whisperer. So talk about that passion for a minute because you got like an uh, abundance of reptiles. Yeah, 31 snakes. Um, well, that's something I was into when I was younger, you know, in the early days when Beth and I first got together. I had a, I had a Burmese python. And I didn't really have time for it. I, was, I worked a lot. I've always worked, you know, a lot and detailed, you know, for the 20 years we've been together. And so I got rid of the, the snake, you know. And and all these years later was tw two years ago. I said, man, I think I might look into this again because, believe it or not, that industry has changed a whole lot in 20 years, immensely. So we got mm -hmm. back into that. And I'm like, well, I like this. And, you know, like the ball pythons, I've got them in all kinds of different colors and sizes and we have morphs, you know, they're just beautiful animals. And there's a huge market for that too. So I said, well, that's yeah. another passion that I have is animals, but we want to eventually breed, you know, and, and sell our own snakes. So we have that. Um, but yeah, Beth and I, we, you know, we started dating 20 years ago and I've uh, been married 14 years. Um, you know, so I think people can put two and two together that, you know, Hannah's obviously not my biological daughter, but I've raised her since she was two. So I'm the only dad she's ever known. And the cool thing about all of that is we all learn from each other. We literally all grew up together. We were a kid with a kid. We grew up together. A lot of the things that I try to teach people and talk to them about is mistakes that I made, like get your ass out of the shop and take the family out. Go, it's movie night or something. Why? Because I made those mistakes and you can't get those years back. Right. So now, now we have a grandbaby and, and we have a great relationship with our daughter and with our grandbaby, but I'm so thankful that, you know, we were able to preserve that over time because there were so many things I just didn't do right. And I worked all the time. Yeah. yeah and I think that the, recognizing those mistakes and, and then the key to that is doing something about it. That's right. Owning up to those mistakes. And I've got, well, I, Jody and I have got between us a million and a half kids, but um, most of them are his. I only got the half. I've got three daughters and one of them is, is 30 years old. And then my younger two daughters are 17 and 18. My wife and I've been married 31 years. And so wow. same way we, we were babies with a baby. And um, our youngest daughter, or I mean, our, sorry, my oldest daughter and I, we had a totally different relationship. I mean, we were, I was super young. I was in my 20s. We'd go dirt bike riding all the time and riding horses and doing stuff. And then my youngest daughter is into animals. She's the one that you and I have talked a little bit about snakes. So she had, she's got a passion for animals. She works at a vet. She had a, um, in school, they had a, a snake. She was the only one that it would let touch her. I mean, she would touch this. Now, everybody else would freak out. She'd carry it around in her hood of her things so at the end of the year the teacher actually gave it to her i i have a real uh fear of snakes my whole life but through my daughter i've kind of gotten over that and i was able to bring it home and you know put it in there and she dealt with it and we got she had a real i i never understood that uh they had a personality but they definitely have a personality oh yeah as absolutely that's been something I've, she's had a passion about, and 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 that's that's been cool to watch that grow. But I think, you know, learning from that, learning that I had a problem with it, it wasn't that anybody else had a problem with it. It's one of those things, like I said, you learn from your mistakes and then you overcome them. Well, people are afraid of things they don't understand, you know, and that's just basically what it is: is they just they don't understand. 
you know, it, it's a creepy looking thing with no legs and, and could bite. Right? I mean, I, I don't want to walk up on one. It's me. It's me. <laughs> oh, that's good. Well, man, we, we obviously could continue and keep going, but uh, how do people find ADG? I mean, you got a phenomenal lineup of products. So how do people find you? You can find us at americandetailergarage.com. We also have a Facebook group out there. It's a private group. And uh, leave your baggage at the door. We, we like to help people. But um, we get, you know, our, our admins just don't let you. You're not going to let people come over and, and just destroy our group. I'll leave it at that. AmericanDetailerGarage.com. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I like the no BS policies. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, we want to thank you for taking the time to out of your busy, busy day with Beth to to visit with us. I know it's been a phenomenal discussion and there are huge nuggets here that will help any business owner. So we want to thank you. We want to remind you guys to please remember to like, share, and subscribe. And uh, next week, our guest is going to be Sheldon Kai of uh, Mobile Tech Expo to get yep. geared up for that. So we're talking about all the latest and greatest so far. It does not look like there's any problems with MTE. Um, right now, they're telling us that it's not going to have any kind of restrictions and it's going to be open. Um, we're all crossing everything that wiggles and toes. And, and uh, you know, I appreciate this, Billy. We've gotten to know you a little bit better. And I and I feel like that that's just how, you know, it's you're, you're the kind of people that we like to do business with and that we'd like to be friends with. And, and I think it's phenomenal what you're doing for the industry. So good for you. Keep doing what you're doing. And uh, if anybody wants to get a hold of Billy, get a hold of him, American Detailer Garage or come out to the shows and talk to him. Very personable guy. Just leave your BS at the door. <laughs> Leave it at the door. We don't want it. <laughs> <laughs> and with that said, we're going to check you same time, same bad channel just next week. See ya. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you.